0: How much of this world do you love? Mm-hmm. Second Timothy chapter four and verse ten, the fourth chapter, the tenth verse of Second Timothy. Right. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica; Crescens to Galatia; Titus unto Dalmatia. Heavenly Father, I give Thee thanks uh, for the blessedness of Thy Word. I give Thee thanks, Lord, for the blessedness of Thy Church, the local assembly here at Grace Missionary Baptist Church. I pray, Lord, once again, that Thou wouldst give me the necessary unction, Lord, and the wisdom and the direction to preach this message, Lord. I pray, Lord, that I decrease and Thou increase. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So first of all, We must consider the situation here contextually contextually speaking. I'm getting a a little bit tongue twisted here. Paul at this time was in prison in Rome awaiting his execution. Despite the daunting prospect of facing death by decapitation, that is, his head cut off, he was in many ways looking forward to his departure from this world. Are you looking forward to your departure from this world? This world is not our home. We're in it, but not of it. And some things I see on a daily basis makes me want to depart. Indeed. But this is a stark contrast from Demas, of whom we are told he forsook Paul. Why would you want to forsook the, the one, really, that we're even called to follow? Be ye followers of me. Yeah. He forsook Paul because he loved this present world. See, Paul looked forward to the day that he would leave this world, but it was needful at that moment for him to be in it. We learn elsewhere that he he had earlier possessed that desire to leave this world and be present with the Lord. Yeah. That will only be your desire. Yes, we're in the world. You have a burden for those that do not know Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, You you have a desire to surrender your will. You ought to. I don't believe this is the case for everybody here. To surrender your will to that of the Lord. Uh, and really, that ought to be your desire. What are you hanging on to in this world that you need to let go? Friends, you're not going to take it with you to the grave. You're certainly not going to take it with you to heaven. No. No. You know, I'm, I remember reading and there was an article and it was in Africa. I forgot what country it was in Africa. <laughs> but there was this, you know, this was a young gentleman. This is a gentleman. His father had passed away, but his father always had always wanted to own a BMW. <laughs> a BMW. So his father passed away. His son went out and bought that BMW just so they could bury that BMW with his father. What a waste of a car, if you ask me. (laughs) Like his father's going to know that he has a BMW there in the grave. Absolutely not. This is what this world, uh, that's what they live for. I hear it on a daily basis. Um, Actually, just recently, and this is sad news. A gentleman I worked with in Oshawa, his name was uh, Keith. I forgot his last name. This this man was a military man. He was in his early 60s when I knew him, when I met him. Uh, he was in his late 50s. He was fit as a whistle. Um, he had just retired one month and then was diagnosed with colon cancer. Not saved. He took his own life. He blew his head to smithereens. Praise the Lord you know Jesus Christ as your Savior. You get such a, uh, a, a, a diagnosis, probably a death sentence in this world. You know what? Death loses its sting, doesn't it? Lord, I'm going to, it's your, thy grace, thy all-sufficient grace, thy timing. See, our lives are in the hands of the Lord, both saved and unsaved. It reigns in the just and in the, in the unjust. See, the world doesn't see that. They live within the framework of the 70, 80, maybe 90 years. Andrew's father is 93. That's a blessing from God. Unsaved man. You realize every heartbeat, every breath he takes is a gift of God. Well, every heartbeat and breath you take is a gift from God. Indeed. The world doesn't see that. I hear it at work. In fact, I was put this question was posed to me last year, was it? By a gentleman. His name is Caesar at work. And he said, when are you planning to retire? When the Lord takes me home. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> That's when I'm planning to retire. Yeah. See, I, I, when it comes to Costco and that, I, I, it's in God's hands. I'm not making plans right now. It's, it's, in, it's, it's futile. I want to hear those words, thou fool, right? <laughs> of course, you've got those people that work their tail off, multiple jobs. I'm not against working hard, uh, but they live to work, and they're thinking about that day ahead, and you know what? That day may never come. There's a balance there. There's a balance. I'm not saying don't save money and things like that. You do understand where I'm getting at here. Uh, and I'm not saying don't have goals, if you will, in life. And although I do believe your goals ought to be spiritual before anything temporal on this earth, but there's nothing wrong with having goals. But remember, your life is but a vapor. It's going to fade away. It's going to pass away. Every day, live for the day and live for the Lord. Indeed. Indeed. See Paul possessed the idea or rather rather, he possessed the desire, not the idea, to be present with the Lord. But he knew he still had more work to do in this life, but that work was for God. It wasn't for his job. although you can glorify God in your job by being a testimony in the workplace. No, it was for his service, or to his first service to the Lord. Now, this was a characteristic that stood out with my last pastor, Dr. Lamore. Right to the day he died, he served God. He loved the Lord. He, he toiled. Don't underestimate his influence on me, and I can't work here. I, I can't live up to that, and I don't, I don't try to, because I'm not him. I'm not him. If I try to be him, I will fail. I'll be quite frank. There was a standard probably above most preachers, not even, let alone men. Very few could live up to that. You see, he knew God had called him to finish his course. And he was ready to leave this world. He was ready. He was ready for a long time, even before he got sick. I offered know, you'd say, you know, you'd see what he's, you know, you'd look at this world. And, you know, I, I have to think from when he became a Christian What he was used to growing up, you the same thing, those of you that are older, the same thing, and you look at where we are now, and like it's literally we're in the pit now. Godless, Romans 1, reprobate pit, and you're looking at that. I often wonder what you think of some of the young men coming in here, right? I'm probably a little bit more patient. But you know what? At the same token, I think God has got to give. You know, God has given. You, needs to give you that, because you're working with different men now. And the level of character in men and women today is not what it was, and that includes myself, yourself, those in our age, in my age group. I don't live up to the character of that next generation ahead of me. There, absolutely. He knew God had called him to finish his course and was ready to leave this world. Is that you? It doesn't have to be a preacher. Is that you? Let's open our Bibles to Philippians 1, verse 23. Do you love this present world? My question is, how much of this world are you hanging on to? Christian, how much of it? For I am in the strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, amen to that, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. See, Paul was about others, not himself. Are you about others? Are you about others? Is it all about me, myself, and I? Christians can fall into that trap. Self-centeredness, lovers of their own selves. See, the word translated, hath forsaken, in 2 Timothy 4.10 here, means to leave one in the lurch, to let one down, to desert, to abandon. The Lord used the same word to describe his feelings about her abandonment on the cross. When he cried out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani? That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why why hast thou forsaken me? Amen. Paul attributed the defection of Demas to a love of this world. This world can be very alluring. It'll seduce you. Mm. That's just a uh, pop-up there. You know what? I might disconnect the internet for now and then reconnect it. Okay, so there you are. So that I don't get those pop-ups. Yeah, Paul attribute, attributed it mm. to defection of Demas. I don't like that. You know what? That bothers me. I've got all these pop-ups. Why? Am, you know, I've got to disconnect here. Why is it not disconnecting now? Jay? <laughs> okay. <Is> there, <laughs> That's okay. I'm disconnected. <laughs> this present world is a danger that we all face, friends. Every single one in this room. We can be distracted by it. We have to decide for which world we are going to live. This world or the world to come. What is happening here? It recon She suggested turn the volume to zero. Yeah, I'm gonna I don't know why it's let's see Satan's already distracting in this message. You know what? I'm shutting it off. There we go. And then we can turn it back on later. Then we got oh bing, bing, bing. <laughs> <laughs> the world? Yeah, the present world. Get thee hence, Satan! <laughs> Thou hast the devil! Alright. Yeah, so we're gonna have to decide which world we're gonna live, for which world we're gonna live. This world or the world to come? This world is our enemy, friends! Now, the word used in the Bible to symbolize human life and society, for word, or the word world, rather, is used in the Bible to symbolize human life and society with God left out. Hence those videos, <laughs> right? Take the side of those coming against us rather than the preacher. They have no use for God. And by the way, I've heard this over and over. We're Christian, and we don't need to, we don't want to hear this. It's 7.30 p.m., and the children are sleeping. You're disturbing them. We're Christians. No, you're not. You're just cussing and cussing. By the way, that's all you do is you cuss, cuss, cuss. Use profanity. Wicked. By the way, what, what grown man, 250-pound man, goes around with a T-shirt with Gonzo Girl on the back? What is a Gonzo Girl? Does anyone know what that is? Want to do a search on that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gonzo Girl. Uh, it was a novel that was made into a movie. Okay, that's what that is. Gonzo mm-hmm. Girl. But it says Gonzo Girl. Uh, I think that's just... A play plan. Of- <laughs> like a band or uh, who knows, whatever it is. If you're a man wearing that in your, in your shirt, get rid of the t-shirt. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Quite frank. Wow. So the word world used in the Bible is used to symbolize human life in the society with God left out, loving this present world. It's talking about the system, Satan's system. It is the devil's lair for sinners and his lore for saints. Did you hear that? Paul attributed demon's defection to crass worldliness. If Demas had cultivated a love for the world to come, he would have not shrunk from martyrdom. That was part of the reason why he went back into the world. Persecution. See, we're not facing that today, although I do believe it's on the brink. I do believe it's there. Are you willing to die for Christ? Are you willing to be put in prison for the cause of Jesus Christ? Are you willing to be separated from family, loved ones for the cause of Christ? Are you willing to be beheaded for the cause of Christ? Are you willing to be crucified upside down for the cause of Christ like Peter was? Are you willing to be whipped and scourged for the cause of Christ? Are you willing to be stoned as Paul? 40 times saved one for the cause of Christ, Stephen and so on. You can go through the list. Are you willing? You know, in this country here, we've lived a comfortable Christianity. We have. Don't think your personal sufferings compared to that of the apostles and the martyrs. It doesn't. It doesn't. Evidently, Demas did not know the Lord as Paul knew the Lord, or certainly did not love or look for His appearing as Paul did. See, Demas had forsaken Paul. Having loved this present world and all that it had to offer, he was seduced back into it. I may add, it will seduce you if you allow it. You see, Demas' love for this present world caused him to forsake his ministry. Forsake his ministry. The word for in 2 Timothy 4 9, Paul, word for here. So contrast to other. Uh, Demas with Mark in 2 Timothy 4 and verse 9 the previous verse Paul told Timothy to come shortly unto me for Demas hath forsaken me he saith in verse 11 he asked for Mark why because he is profitable for he is profitable for me or to me for the ministry Paul's concern about Demas wasn't just personal he needed help and Demas wasn't there to do his part to help him Friends, your preacher, your pastor needs help. Yeah. I was talking to Luke. We have obviously, you know, we have, a, we have an evangelist, evangelism ministry which incorporates street preaching. Well, when the Lord brought Luke into the fray, it really opened up doors to go to places to evangelize to people that I would normally would not do it with. There's certain places we go that we cannot bring the ladies. I cannot even bring my children. That's how hostile. There are places that we go where I literally have women exposing their top, if you know what I'm saying. They're they're basically exposing their breasts. Men, literally, pulling down their pants and exposing themselves. I can't have them there. I don't even want the ladies there. You have people spitting on us, destroying equipment, being aggressive. And by the way, it's not provoked. The gospel provokes it. If you actually listen to how, our, how we preach, it doesn't start out that way. It doesn't start out that way. People just look at a particular incident and then they say, well, and then they take sides. And by the way, I do, I do believe in sharp rebuke, even of the lost. I don't, you know what? We've been effeminated. Men have been effeminated in their approach to preaching, whether it be behind the pulpit or out in the street. To reach the lost. This mealy mouthed approach. Not every situation is a woman at the Samaritan woman at the well situation. There are times of that. Like there are times when that will happen obviously. And of course you minister differently. Accordingly. Paul needed help. He left a hole in the ministry. Just think, when you choose to leave this church, some of you, or leave a church, your home church, for those out there, you realize, in many cases, you leave a hole in that ministry. See, every one of you, members of Grace Missionary Baptist Church, you're a member of the body. Some of you may be the arm, a few fingers there, leg, you know, that, you know, God, uh, Paul uses the metaphor, though, the Holy Spirit used the metaphor. Uh, Figure of speech there. You know, imagine the body with a couple of arms cut off. It's maimed. It'll function, but it, w- it won't function as it ought to function. And of course, the others now have to make up the difference. Yeah. Let's go back here. So, Demas left this world, caused him to forsake. His master. So let me go back here. So Demas' love for this world caused him to forsake his master. Demas, his name Demas, means popular. If you're gonna gain popularity with this world, you're gonna lose favor with God. What do you want? To impress man? Impress your boss? Now obviously you want to be a testimony for your for your, for your boss, obviously. You do want to be and you wanna you wanna be submitted to their authority according to Ephesians 6 and I believe verse 5 if I'm wrong on that reference just let me know but I believe I am Yeah, James 4.4 4 says ye adulterers adulteresses know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity with God whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the what? enemy of God Demons' love for this present world caused him to forsake his mentor. Forsaken me. That's what Paul says. says. Whatever the immediate cause of him forsaking Paul, whether he was afraid that he might meet the same fate, or he didn't like the results of his association with Paul, the underlying motive was his love of this present world, or for this present world. He forsook Paul. Paul had poured his life into him. This wasn't a defection like Mark's early return to Jerusalem. He actually departed for his love for this world. In other words, he went away from him. This is what Mark had done initially. This was a forsaking, friends. To forsake means to renounce and turn away entirely. Are you on the Lord's side? Or the world's side, my friends? Demas' love for this present world caused him to forsake his mentor. Demas' love for this present world caused him to forsake his mandate. Well, the Bible says, having loved this present world. Titus 2 and verse 12 says, denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Did you hear that? If your hearts turn toward Sodom, toward the world, toward Egypt, it's not Sodom, toward Egypt. That's what Egypt, Egypt is a type of the world, then you're not gonna live soberly, you're not gonna live righteously, and you're not gonna live godly in this present world. You see, there's an element of self denial in discipleship. Are you a disciple? Or a bystander. There's an element of self-denial in surrendering one's will to the will of God. Where are you in your walk? Matthew 20, 16 verses 24 through 26 Then Jesus said unto his disciples If any man will come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me He's speaking to believers here. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Look at how many people, what they've given in exchange for their soul. You know, the higher up the pyramid, the more you give in exchange for your soul. Every movie star you worship have sold their soul to Satan to gain everything that this world has to offer. Every sports hero, your favorite basketball player, your favorite soccer player, your favorite hockey player has sold their soul in exchange for this world what this world has to offer with the devil Trust me, if Satan can offer the Lord Jesus Christ all the kingdoms of this world in exchange for his worship, God Almighty, his creator, all the kingdoms of this world, if you would just bow down and worship him, he's going to offer it to you. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? There is a reason for this denial. For Galatians 1 and verse 4 says this, who gave himself for our sins that, we might de- that he might deliver us from this present world according to the will of God and our Father. You see, Demas ignored Colossians 3 verses 4, 1 to 4 to set his affection on the things above. He ignored that. Are your affections on the things of this world or above? He lost his sight of the Lord's appearing in the judgment seat of Christ. He messed up on 2 Timothy 2 and verse 12 where it says, If we suffer, we shall also reign with Him. I want to repeat that. If we suffer, we shall shall also reign with Him. If we deny Him, He also will deny us. Strong words there. Demas love, Demas' love for this present world will cause him, rather, to forsake his brethren. Demas' love for this present world caused him to forsake his brethren. The phrase here is departed unto Thessalonica. He wouldn't find any comfort in the church of the Thessalonians. They suffered persecutions and tribulations for the kingdom of God. It was a persecuted church. We're not. We're comfortable here. You have it easy. Even during COVID, you had it easy. And you know what? We even failed there. All of us. 2 Thessalonians 1, verses 4 and 5. So that we ourselves glory in you and the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. We need persecution here. We need some tribulation here. i like to see how many will truly endure Verse five, which is a manifest token of the righteousness of, of, the righteous judgment of God, that ye may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which ye also suffer. You contrast these verses for the uh, contrast these verses to the Christianity that you and I live, and we can, we fall, we fail in comparison. You see, you didn't go there looking for a good church that loved God and waited for Christ. Demas didn't go there for that reason. Jesus tells us in Mark 10, verses 29 and verse 30. Turn there. (sighs) Mark 10, verses 29 and 30. Verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake, and the gospels. But he shall receive a hundredfold now, in this time, houses, and brethren, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands, with persecutions, and in the world to come, eternal life. Amen see, Demas wouldn't take the persecution with his fellow brethren. He wouldn't suffer with them. Now, I'd like to think that those of us here who have been saved for any appreciable amount of time possess the same desire to forsake the world, that is. Now I know that this world is so dark and it can weigh on you. It can be heavy. It can weigh on you absolutely, all the way on you if you're comfortable in this world, there's something wrong with your heart indeed I'm now witnessing brethren who are one time, we're of one time of our rank, now falling away and letting standards drop we've talked a lot about standards recently well Pastor Sapochnik, you're a legalist Ooh, what's, what's the other one there? Okay, you hold to these standards of dress and all that, but you have a new convert come in. Are you going to hold them to the same standards? Are you going to look at them uh, more differently? No. I understand there's grace. I understand there is a process of sanctification as you grow. And not everyone grows at the same rate. Not everyone submits at the same rate. Some people have difficult, difficulty giving up certain things as they walk with the Lord. And it's a gradual process. Whereas others will literally say, okay, the Bible says this. I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to throw that away. Some people take time. I understand that. Absolutely. Let's talk it on both sides of your mouth, by the way. When you hold to that kind of a view, it's very dangerous, actually. It's like saying, I have standards, but let's not talk about those standards. That's what he's saying. Let's not talk about those standards. I have it. Or you know what? You're going above and beyond what the Bible actually says. No. See, there are Christians that I know whom I once looked up to that who have completely dropped their once firmly biblically based convictions and standards. Yeah. I see. You know, my first pastor, and I'll be blunt here, you know what, when you started getting into, well, first of all, this is where it started, EDL, JDL, and then you got the Hollywood movies. That crept in. So mom and dad watching Hollywood movies, then opens the door for the children. To watch Hollywood movies okay you've got vid angels, so you cut out the cursing you cut out all you clean it up a little bit but it's, it's the same level 11 rather it's going to affect your walk spiritually it's going to affect your children spiritually you really have to guard as nothing in neutral and this is not a time of slagging my first pastor It's just pointing out the spiritual deficiencies and the reason why i pointed out because Jen did it did at one time literally recommend to my wife that my children watched the Frozen movie back in, when did it come out, the first one, 2015? I don't know what the year was, I cannot remember. And I remember telling my wife, I said, you know what? You know, I don't like this idea of the children watching these movies. I had not known at that time what the Frozen was about, but I did know that Walt Disney was a 33rd degree Freemason, so the Luciferian and the occultism that he was into would certainly manifest itself in the movies. Not to mention some of the filth when you actually see some of the subliminal messaging and you slow down by frame by frame and the filth that's in it and what they suggest. And now, of course, their promotion of LGBTQ, sodomite agenda, and all that. Why would you want to let your children watch that nonsense? It is satanic. I'm saying that I'm speaking generally here. By the way, in your marriage, in your marriage, we have another married couple here. You're the head of the home. The buck stops with you. And you need to submit to him. You may not agree with what his decision, but you need to submit to him. And by the way, if my, my, not that my wife will, but if she suggests a Disney movie. And he says, no, you don't watch that movie. She's not the head of your home. I'm not even the head of your home. He is. Absolutely. If I see something, I'll talk to you. You know that. I'll address it. You know, men who submitted to the, you know, I don't want to constantly put, the, I'm going to give him a lot of uh, work to do in editing, just so they can spend their wedding and in Cuba, by the way, if you've gotten it friends, I want to let you know I don't have anything personally against you I'm a, I was against it from day one but I also understand the pressure so I'm not, it's between the Lord, so I don't look it's not like I'm looking down on you, I'm not absolutely not everyone, God is you know, I do believe in individual soul liberty and you're going to give an account to God for whatever decisions you make in life and not just that by the way Absolutely, but I want to make that clear as well. Although I have very strong convictions on it, and I have no problems sharing that with you, absolutely. And not and just in, in pharmaceutical, the pharmaceutical industry in general. Now, as I was talking with uh, with, with uh, Brother Andrew last night, I said, "Well, you know, like fighting to get a a, um, a colonoscopy that was pl- that was scheduled for May, having that brought forward." I have no problem. I mean, there's, there's a lot of there's. I mean, out of that system, which is pharmacia, God still can operate. And I think a lot of Christians don't fail to see that God can operate within Satan. See, Satan is a small g god of this world, but God is God. He's ultimately in control, so even when Satan has a plan and God allows him to to bring forth his plan and to uh, and, and to bring it to fruition, if you will, God's there providentially, and He can direct things within that framework. And we need to understand that. Yeah. So my my wife had that recommendation to watch the frozen movie which openly by the way promoted the lgbt uh, agenda of perversion it's perversion it's sick perversion this whole sodomy thing is sick perversion anyone who promotes it who promotes this agenda is sick sick in the heart sick in the head let me just you know what just this, this is not plugged in. I've noticed it's not charging. Maybe it, let me just uh, let me see if I can get that in there. Yeah. Oh, now it is. It just wasn't improperly. Yeah. We have one. There's one man with a with a. His name is Dave Bailey. I'll name name names. I don't care. And he had the orange uh, orange T-shirt. The Ever Lives Matter. He's a middle-aged man. Old, he's probably around sixty, sixty-five. I would say. Uh, and he attended pretty much all, except for one, I think, the Drag Queen Story Hour in, uh, in uh, events held in our, our Durham Regional Libraries in Durham Region there. And we went to preach a few of those. We did. And uh, I, I just, to this day, I don't know how you can defend grown men, not even dressed like women, or whorish women, they're literally they, they look, they, they're, they're, they, they dress and they, they paint their faces like the very devils that are inside of them that's the only explanation that I can say not even like, it's not it's even beyond a violation of Deuteronomy 22 and verse 5, it's literally they're depicting, the, like they're literally a physical depiction on this earth of the very devils that are possessing them absolutely yeah, that recommendation caused a check in my spirit. I had discernment, even though I didn't know the whole, every nook and cranny behind it. I knew about Walt Disney and all that, and I knew about the Freemasonry connection and all these things. And you know, you know, I do believe and this is my firm belief. Once you're given over to these things, if you're given over to Hollywood, sports, idolatry, what that does is, if whether you're be a preacher or just a Christian, that's given over to that in any capacity. Now your, 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 your ability to discern now has been hindered, to truly discern, because now you've got this crutch, and now you've got to justify that crutch. So your ability to actually discern now has been hindered, and that's, I believe that's what's happened. And by the way, we support Israel. Supporting Israel is not going to a, well, JDL now is defunct, a JDL rally, you know what supporting Israel is? When we went to preach, the, to, uh, re- preach them at uh, Lawrence, and, uh, Lawrence and Bathurst, there's a yeshiva, Archie. There's a, there's a, uh, a school. A yeshiva, it's called Lubavitch Yeshiva, where you have the young men and they're tra- the training them in Talmudic tradition. And they say the Torah, but tra- it's really Talmudic uh, tradition and all that. Eventually, I guess, to train them to become rabbis. At one time, how many was it? 15, right? At least 15, a group of young Jewish men. And they were listening attentively. Now, they may have had the mocking spirit. Who knows? Uh, But I have to think, even if they did possess an outward mocking spirit, God was working in their hearts at that moment. The Word of God was penetrating. Yeah, I've looked up to certain people. And obviously... The reason why is because he once had standards. At least... And they, can't, they, they moved, they shifted the direction from those standards. Now again, my background like, was not like some of yours here. Now some of you can relate to my background. I never grew up in a Christian home. I never grew up in a home where the Bible was taught. As an unsafe man, you asked me the name any book of the Bible, I wouldn't be able to give you a book of the Bible. For a good portion of my life, I believed Jesus Christ was just a man. I didn't believe, I actually believed he did exist. I was completely biblically illiterate or illiterate biblically speaking until I got saved. May that be an encouragement to some of you young men here. And, you know, I've told some of the young men you know what? Just think of the Bible as a nice juicy T-bone steak, right? You can't eat that in one bite. You need to, the best way to eat it is to cut it into small pieces, chew it slowly, and let it digest. See, Disney is debased. It's absolutely wicked in every sense. Last year, this wicked company launched a pride collection line of clothing in support and celebration of the LGBTQSI plus 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 whatever alphabet letter their community. Biblically known as the Sodomite community. I call them that. Sometimes I could I can shift over from the biblical language to just simply call them queers. But they're sodomites. Sodomites. I remember Dr. Lamore. Uh, when we were downtown preaching that time, was, it's not on the video, but he was talking to a young man who happened to be a sodomite. And he says, well, he, he, he was telling Dr. Lamore, well, I'm gay. He says, no, sir, you're a sodomite. <laughs> <laughs> you're a sodomite. He goes, I'm gay. And he says, no, no, sir, you're a sodomite. I <laughs> just like, just that cool, that, that calm and cool, you're a sodomite. The Bible says you're a sodomite. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> of course, we want to see these people saved. I'm you know I'm not out there to. Although I, I'm out there really to bash the wickedness that it represents. you know why? Because they want to shut us up. They want to shut us up. Right now, us Bible believing Christians are in the closet, vacated by the queers, the Sodomites. Yep, we're in that closet. I have no problem coming out, bashing down that door. Just like we ought to bash down the gates of hell that will not prevail against us. No. See, Disney introduced this new line of clothing, which is not so now. Basically, it was Disney's adversarial response to Florida's parental rights and education bill that was introduced last year. See, Disney is known for incorporating queer and perverted character and themes in its children's animated series and programming. Absolutely. Why would you let your children watch this garbage? Christian parents are doing it. They're embracing it. In fact, I'll go one step further. Star Wars. Why would you let your children watch this garbage? It's the occult. You got Freemasonry all over Star Wars, Luciferianism. That's what Freemasonry is, it's Luciferianism. It's the worship of the pre-fall Lucifer. You know, in their eyes, Lucifer got the short end of the stick, and therefore he ought to be worshiped. They're deceived. They're going right to the lake of fire with him. How many messages are you going to hear incorporating Freemasonry into the message? <laughs> Amen. Here's a quote: The Disney Pride Collection was created by the LGBTQI+ employees and allies at the at and allies rather at the Walt Disney Company and is a reflection of their incredible contributions and place at the heart of the company. That's what Disney said. We stand in solidarity with our Alphabet community everywhere. Well, they're going to be judged on that wickedness. I'll tell you that. But not boasting here. But I think I've been clearly vindicated for not allowing my children to consume this garbage that has passed that has been passed off as entertainment. You aspiring parents that don't have children yet, and I pray that you will that you will soon and one day, and that you're trying, of course, that it'll be your conviction too, and I trust it is. Absolutely, And of course. Those who are aspiring to get married. By the way, doesn't matter your age. Now, some of you, let's face it, you're probably you're past the age of childbearing, but you're not past the age of the Lord bringing a husband into your life. You know, there's one preacher up in Ottawa there, yo, know, the, uh, Pastor Johnson. Uh, is it Johnson or Johnston? I always get mixed up with that Johnson. Yeah, I always get mixed up with that. There's a T in there. And I, I, you could ask me a thousand times and tell me it a thousand times, I'll still forget. But you know what, like, after the first Mrs. Johnson went home to be with the Lord, within a year, I think he, you know, at the camp there, the Baptist camp there, he met the second Mrs. Johnson. And, uh, what's her name again? His wife, his name, I forgot her Oh, i tell you, I'm really bad with names. No, no, it's not Alma. No, 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 no. it's not Alma. I forget her name now. Remember the name of that Roman Catholic church? <laughs> oh yeah, was <laughs> Our Lady. At? What is it called? Saint <laughs> Rose of Lima. I'm telling you, when it comes to certain things, like Saint Rose of Lima. Saint <laughs> Rose, I, Archie. If you don't, if you haven't been here long enough, I always make reference to Saint Rose of Lima. If it's something really negative, every pope going to hell, uh, just everything really like. <laughs> They they get the they get the stick beaten on their head there with that Roman Catholic Church every day they're having that happening every mass that happens. <laughs> oh, what's her name? I you know what now it's going to be on my head now I'm going to be thinking what's her name now? I forgot it. it just slipped me. Yeah. Yeah, I've been vindicated, but sadly. There are those who profess to be of our rank who no longer hold to this conviction and this is saddening. I mean, who's sticking to the stuff these days, friends? Who is? Who? That number is dwindling day by day. Especially in this country. It's south of the border as well. Even more so, I would say south of the border. In this country, I'm not talking about the churches, although many of them are, are we are spiritually Dead. So what David says in Psalm 9 and verse 17. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. Yeah? We are a nation that's on its way to hell because we have forgotten God. And one of the churches, by the way, we've lost, you know, when you think of the Baptist call for liberty, we're a far cry. For those from those who actually fought for liberty, we're far far cry from that. And I don't like to use. I should be using the 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 COVID nineteen pandemic was certainly a perfect illustration where our Baptist churches failed. Just look at all these men that were in jail, that went to prison. Our Baptist forefathers that spent time in prison, even John Bunyan, twelve years. No, I'm preaching Jesus. And don't think that won't happen again. More tests are coming our way if we're not taking up before then. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. When we are teaching our kindergarten age children about how to perform explicit sex acts and you are okay with it, We are a nation who has forgotten God and on its way to hell. By the way, any church that does not speak up against it is for it. I'm going to repeat. Any church that does not openly speak up against it, I'm not talking about to you guys here. That's us speaking up against it. I'm just preaching to the choir here. Out there. Then you're saying, I'm for it. See, when we're allowing perverted men dressed in drag wearing women's lingerie to teach our children in government schools, then we are a nation that has clearly forgotten God and is on its way to hell. When Canadian parents have no problem taking the children out to the pride parade and calling it a family event, then we are a nation that has forgotten God and is on its way to hell. Some of the pride parades that just gone this past June. Some of the things you had little children with grown men and underwear, and I'm going to leave it at that. And a lot worse. And your and parents are okay with that. We preached at uh, that roller drag rally, roller skating thing back in June. And literally, you had a a number of drag queens. There was one drag queen. looked like a six-year-old child going around. And I held up a sign. And it was quite graphic, the sign, which has been stolen, by the way. They they stole that sign from us. Not there, but later on. A sign. And basically, it 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 was a college park, and they were, like, skating around. And he was looking at the sign, and then he got, like... He lost his balance and he almost fell on top of the child. They both fell. Of course, I wouldn't laugh at the child getting hurt or laugh at that, but it's like, it's interesting. They fell backwards too. Like you'd see in a charismatic or uh, the vineyard or something like that. It's the same spirit behind it, anyway. To all who promote and are complicit in indoctrinating our children with this trash, this is what Jesus said it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and that he would drown in the depths of the sea. In other words, it were better for that person to commit suicide and drown in the sea than offer, than offend one of these little children by perverting their minds. That's what they're, what's happening. These young people, their minds are being perverted by perverts themselves. They are sick, filthy, dirty perverts you work with some of them. When our Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, Castro, believes that it is okay to kill our babies in the womb, calling it a woman's choice to do with her body as she so chooses, without recognizing the rights of that little precious soul inside of her, and we are okay with it, you are okay with it, then we are a nation that's forgotten God and is on its way to hell. California, as we speak, have taken this one step further by making it legal to kill babies after they're born. That's, that's it's Whether it's before or after, it's murder. The Bible says, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine the vain thing? That's why we get the reaction we do when we preach the King from the King James Bible. See this book here? Up power. You know, I, I don't know if we have any modern versions here, but you get the ESV, NIV, whatever, NASB, no power. People get saved reading that, but there's no power in it. It's a butter knife. That's why they get riled up. That's why they're triggered. That's why that Sodomite police officer had to take the equipment even though we turn it down in compliance with what he demanded can't handle it it's it's literally piercing his very soul why do the heathen rage and the people imagine the vain thing so many illustrations there with that statement right that that rhetorical question the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against His anointed saying. Right? And this is what they're doing right now. This plan for a Luciferian great reset, this plan for a new world order, this plan that the WEF and all others and, and the Vatican, you can just you, know, you can just pile them all up together. This build back better. Is basically the kings and the rulers taking counsel against the Lord and against his anointing, saying, Let us break their bands together. You know what? uh, Break their bands asunder and cast away the cords from us. You know what that means? We're going to loose these shackles. Do as thou wilt is the whole of the law. That's what he's saying. That's what the world's saying. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. It speaks of lawlessness, by the way. That's what lawlessness, the mystery of iniquity. Iniquity shall abound. That's what that, that, that's what that verse is speaking of there. Right? Taking counsel together against the Lord and against his anointing, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He, but listen to this, he that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. Just thinking about, them. they have this elaborate plan, and God's like, <laughs> Look at that. You could take it to, you know, right? You could bring it down to when we're out ministering in the streets. <laughs> you know those guys that spilt coffee over you? All those, those, that these dumb videos that they make in response of how not to do it. That <laughs> that's how it is. Yeah. <clears throat> he that sitteth in the heaven shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then, oh, watch out! It's coming! It's coming! Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath. And vex him in his sore displeasure. Amen. That day is coming. It's coming soon. We're in the eleventh hour. Probably a few, probably a minute before midnight. The clock's about to turn, and God's going to say, "You know what? Enough's enough." You know the Tower of Babel is going to be rebuilt. It's almost there. I'm figuratively speaking. He realized that. It's almost there. And then God said, enough's enough. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Just thinking about this, you know, my wife, we were talking about this last night and what was it? I was reading something on, oh yeah, we're watching that little brief clip about, um, or at least I was watching that clip about this tech life extension technology and the nanotechnology and all these, these scientists and that behind it. And, uh, you know, they're really, like, pushing for this. How, how would it be wonderful that, you know, you can live... You know, even one scientist said... In Scientific American, it's actually a, a quote. He says, well, you know, you can live technically with this up to 20,000 years, but definitely a 1,000 years. But their problem, their issue with this is it will only be available for a select few elite. And I'm thinking, thou, you fools... It won't even last three and a half years. And you look through the, the, the seven-year tribulation there, and you, you, you think these people literally having this extended life with all this nanotech, this transhumanism, this nanotech in their bodies, uh, and now they've got this potential now to repair uh, vessels, you name it, you know, cells and so on and so forth, yet their body is still in its fallen, sinful, sin-ridden, cursed state. Just think about that, wow! And I think about during the seven-year tribulation that you know, the Bible says, you know, for that first five months, men shall seek death, but it shall flee from them. I'm wondering if this transhuman technology will be incorporated into that. Men shall seek death, and it shall flee from them. Of course, in the Revelation 16-2 where they have this uh, 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 grievous, noisome sores, that, and then you know they're gnawing and their tongues. <clears throat> wow. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex him in his sore displeasure. See, friends, this is what Demas left for Paul. And sadly, many Christians have been seduced in like manner. Is this you? Is it? Look inside. The lust of the world, it can be seducing. We are truly living in the days of Lot, as Jesus foretold. Now let's go back to Paul in our text from Second Timothy 4 and verse 10. Paul was effectively awaiting his departure from this world. He was ready to go home. His time had come. And he was ready to finish his course. He had run the race. So this was his final epistle. In Verses 6 and 7 of the same chapter. He tells us this. For I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. My dear brothers and sisters here, can the same be said of you? Can it? the Lord were to take you home today, can you truly say, I am now ready to be offered. For I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course and I have kept the faith. Can this be said of you? Be honest. Or do you still have a foot in this world? Do you? Demas versus Timothy. Demas was at one time one of Paul's co-workers. He had ministered with Paul in Colossae. Colossians 4 verse 14. And he was mentored in Paul's epistle to Philemon. Colossians 4.14, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. He was with them. Philemon 1, verses 23 to 25, There salute the Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, Marcus, Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, my fellow laborers. Lucas is Luke. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. You know, Paul never shied away from naming names. I don't have a problem naming names. He wasn't some pragmatic, mealy mouth preacher who was afraid, afraid rather of offending people. Sometimes you need to be offended when it comes to the truth of this Bible here, this King James Bible I'm holding up. People need to be offended sometimes. Whether it be Christians or the lost out there, I don't care if my Bible offends you. If it does, I'll offend you more and more until it sinks in to your wretched heart. Paul named names. So this means preachers ought to name names when the situation calls for it. Here Demas is named. When Paul spoke of Demas' apostasy, he used his name. It wasn't roundabout. He actually said his name. And others as well. Indeed. He was direct and he was to the point. Demas here is named publicly. Paul wanted Timothy and everyone reading his epistle and the churches to know about Demas for purposes of warning them that the love of the world could easily grip them as he did Demas. Don't be a Demas. That's what he was saying. He wanted everyone to know about it as sharp as a sharp public warning. Demas forsook Paul. Demas forsook God's calling. But he forsook Paul. When a man departs from God's call in his life, he forsakes his fellow church members and co-workers. Think about all the people that have left Grace Missionary Baptist Church even my first church Toronto Baptist Church people I'm talking about who actually walked with God who were once on fire for God and walked away never to come back some never came back I'm not talking about to the church came back to the Lord and then they publish it on social media See, this kind of Christian is a bad example to them. Just think about men. There are men that have left the ministry. We know of one, right? I know from my my first church there, You sent out a man to plant a church up in Shelburne. Left his wife firmly in the world, now espousing new age nonsense publicly. That man was not saved. I knew it. There was a check in my spirit. Try to convince me out of my salvation. You gotta, when, you, when you teach repentance, you better teach it right. You know, like, it's one thing to call out easy, quote unquote, the believism, the believism this antinomianism and all that. That's, that's right. We ought to call that out. But there's a flip side to that where you turn the doctrine of repentance into a work and it becomes a work salvation that is dangerous yeah still pray the wife and three children are serving God that is devastating I'm not gloating in that uh, praise the Lord, the work up there is continuing. And, you know, I don't know, details are not in my business, but it's continuing, and it's, you know, there, there, there's a structure in place to call another pastor, whether they have or not, and that's praise the Lord for that. It didn't die. didn't die. See, Paul tells us the secret of Demas' heart. Now, we don't know what Demas told other people. The Bible doesn't reveal that to us. Perhaps he told him that he needed to pay off some debts, who knows? Perhaps he told him that he was weary and needed rest. Perhaps he perhaps he told him that Christ's service was too hard and that he needed a break. Perhaps he told him that someone had offended him, who knows? Perhaps he told him that Paul was too strict and too hard, too narrow. So he needed to loosen the shackles a bit, who knows? You're too narrow. Your standards are too narrow. You know when I hear these things what, we, what we've just been talking about about our standards and focusing on that that's just pragmatism that's all it is just another form of pragmatism. Of course we're going to accept someone who doesn't have the same standards as us but you're going to teach them those standards and by God's grace they will they will, uh, they will, you know, they will they'll, they'll eventually get there Lord willing but even then you don't look down on people because they don't hold that obviously not. We don't know what Demas was saying, but God exposes the true motive of his heart. He loved this present world. That was it. And the world is described in 1 John 2, verse 16, as, quote, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Three enemies. Three enemies to your walk with the Lord. Three enemies of the soul. The lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. What you see. So lust of the flesh is your sinful desires. Right? Lust of the eyes. You look at it. Now you desire it, and the pride of life. And I've often used this this uh, illustration. I had a manager. His name was Chris. When I was a deli supervisor and then manager, and he, he had long hair, long mane, you know, and he would walk around like this. He walked, you know, down the aisles, and he would stop. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I'll be walking right into a. To, to Luke there. Yeah. It was literally, that was him. <laughs> the pride of life. More pride than the peacock with his feathers spread out. 1 John 2, verses 15 through 17. Well, I'm going a bit longer so we're not watching third Adam today. <laughs> yeah we have to give this a close soon. First John 2, verses 15 through 17. The Bible says, I will read it now. Love not the world. That's a command. Love not what? The world. Neither the things that are in the world. So don't just love the system. Don't love the things. I love golf, man. You know what? I want to go see that baseball game. Come on, church. Let's go out. <laughs> I gotta be careful with the next uh, thing. Yeah, man, did you see what he did in that football game yesterday? The Buffalo Bills. I hear that at work. Like literally half an hour. Like conversations are constantly about names. I don't know the names of the football players, nor do I care. For. Yeah, neither things if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. See, Demas loved this present world. We know that this didn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen overnight with us either, but it's a gradual process. Backsliding is a gradual process. It takes time. But before you know it, you, find, you, find, you have found yourself deeply entrenched in the pits. Demas had loved the world secretly in his heart for some time. Obviously he did. He pretended to love Christ and to serve Christ, but his real love was for the world. Instead of rejecting that love and turning from it, He secretly nurtured it until He finally succumbed to it. He followed His true heart. Remember, our hearts can be deceived easily. Yes. We can easily deceive ourselves by finding ways to justify our lusts. I've just spoken about that. You can find ways to justify your lusts. It's our deceived hearts. What Jeremiah says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Well, verse 10 tells you. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. God sees it and he's going to give. Accordingly, Demas left Paul and departed into Thessalonica. We aren't told exactly what Demas did there, but we do know that it was for it was a prosperous, pro, sorry, a prosperous place. Probably could make a lot of money there. Perhaps he engaged in some business practice to enrich himself or to pay debts. Who knows? Thessalonica was also known as a place of worldly pleasure. So we can have no doubt that Demas engaged in those pleasures. For Paul tells us that Demas loved this present world. Because he was carnally minded by loving what this world had to offer, Demas ruined his testimony. He sold his calling for a bowl of soup like Esau, for a bowl of pottage. Therefore his name is enshrined in scripture as a warning to all. His deed is recorded, or his deeds are recorded in Scripture for our admonition. That's what it is. Demons love this present world, so love it! See, God called him by the Gospel, and he said yes to Christ at one time. And God called him to the ministry, but he turned away! That is a wicked deed, and it is no small thing. The call to the ministry is something that you do not take lightly in contrast we see Timothy he remained steadfast to the end he continued to be Paul's faithful co-worker he kept the faith he soldiered on in God's power and might he never turned aside from God's calling not once he continued preaching God's word. He rejected apostasy. He called out wickedness for what it is. He watched in all things and endured afflictions and did the work of an evangelist and made full proof of his ministry. When he had fears, he conquered them by faith in God. When he had worldly temptations, he fled them and overcame them by following righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that on the Lord out of a pure heart, 2 Timothy 2 and verse 22. Timothy's Christian reputation shone brightly in this world, and it will shine brightly forever. His name is enshrined in Scripture as a good example for us to follow. Same with Paul and many others. I trust that your heart's not in the world. Heavenly Father, we give thee thanks for the blessing of thy word, Lord, and I just trust, Lord, that those in attendance tonight would take heed Whatever we need to relinquish in our hearts, Lord, that's been fully given over to this world, may we do it, Lord. May we make that decision today. Lord, our time on this earth is short, Lord, and we ought to live for Christ. In Jesus' precious name I pray, amen.